we do a lot of training on kind of an overview of everything. That's kind of, we call it our boot camp program. Um, and that kind of is kind of that first 60 days of making them feel comfortable, making them feel like we're there for them. We have, you know, the training and we're going to spend the time on them. Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Hi, this is Dan Crowley. We have a number of great business owners in our Peer Executive Group network, and our job is to give them a voice. Welcome to Peer Talk. Mackinac Construction Products is a proud sponsor of Peer Talk and PEG. Mackinac designs and develops equipment specifically for inefficiencies within the rental industry. Our products deliver high value ROI as well as innovative operational solutions for your business. We're here to help you get the job done faster, safer and easier. Email us at info at for your exclusive PEG specials. And remember, it's spelled M-A-K-I-N-E-X. Welcome to Peer Talk. Our guest today is Catherine Mitchell, the Chief Executive Officer at All Star Rents. Catherine started in the business at a very young age, then went to Sacramento State, got her degree in business administration, uh, focused on accounting, ended up at a one of the big four accounting firms, and then came back to the company as a CFO, uh, moving into the CEO chair in 2018. Welcome to another edition of Peer Talk. Today we will be talking about people strategies, and we have Catherine Mitchell from All Star Rents in California here with us. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for having me on today. Yes, no problem. We are very excited to have you here. Um, obviously, we know a lot about All Star Rents through the years. Uh, based in Fairfield, you guys are now up to, what, 13 locations? Yeah, 13 locations between California and Nevada now. Wow, excellent. Great. And um, now, so tell us a little bit about All Star. How, you know, what was the origin story on that? When did it come about and how did it come about and all that? So my grandfather started them um, in the 60s. He came out to the West Coast and wanted a business that he could grow with his family and, you know, have some roots. So we started then. I'm My father, Ken DeVries, and his siblings ran them for a long time as well. And now that they've all retired and enjoying those years, me and my brother, mainly the, the next two in the third generation that have started working for the business and just keeping it growing and thriving and surviving. <laughs> wow. Excellent. So true family business, three generations, outstanding. Very yeah. cool. Um, and you're, so what geo territories do you cover? Like what's your, if you have 13 locations, you're obviously pretty spread. You even mentioned you're in Nevada as well. So tell us about what that yeah, looks like. We've got um, quite a few in the Bay area, kind of on both sides of the Bay and then up through Sacramento and then kind of the outliers. We have one in Chico, and then one up in Sparks, Nevada, and kind of, you know, filling in that, that um, footprint. Wow. That's a big coverage of a big area. Yeah, it's, it's challenging, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun. Now, the type of business, what, how would you break it down from a homeowner, customer versus contractor? Is it 50-50? Is it, what's no, that look like? We're about 70-30. 
Okay. Um, you know, contractor versus homeowner. It kind of it fluctuates, obviously, depending on the season and you know changes in the economy. The last year we've seen an uptick in homeowners, um, just with more people staying home and you know working on those kind of projects. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then your um, your structure. So you personally, when did you get involved with the business? Well, I you know like most people that grow up in this business, I started when I was in high school. Um, wow working at different locations. And then through college, I worked at a couple of our larger branches. Um, and then I actually went away to work in public accounting for um, quite a few years, worked for one of the you know big four accounting firms. Nice. And then when my parents got ready to retire, they, you know, pulled me back in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been back working for All Star for almost uh, 15 years now. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's great. I'm excited. I'm also a... Um a veteran of big six accounting back in my yeah. day, it was big six, not yeah. the big four, but um, so you're um, you obviously were like in a CFO spot you moved over to CEO and that was 2018. Yeah. 2018. So yeah, I, obviously with a strong financial background, the CFO was more my wheelhouse when I started. Sure. Um, but then, you know, learned a lot more about operations and seeing a lot more of that side of it. I mean, I like the challenge of the operations is really, has fit me well the last few years and was looking for, you know, kind of to grow and um, push myself personally. And the operation side definitely has pushed me out of my comfort zone, but definitely in a good way. Um, well, and again, you're, you know, I love the uh, CFO accounting seat because you're dealing with numbers and some financial systems and things like that. And then boom, you jump over into this CEO role and now you've got every possible people concern that a company would face sitting in your lap, right? So you yeah. got to make those decisions. So we're definitely going to un- unpack that and hear more about it. But before we do, uh, this is part of our CRA series. So I just wanted you to kind of share with us how you guys uh, came to participate in CRA and what you, uh, what, it, what involvement you have personally with it. Yeah. So my, um, both my father, Ken, and my grandfather, Ted, have had a long history with, um, definitely with CRA. And my grandfather, even a lot with ARA. Um, so it kind of was a natural progression for me to get involved. When my dad was getting ready to retire, he introduced me to the board. Um, I mean, that's been, I want to say 10 years at least. Wow. Uh, that I've been on the board or active in a committee or, you know, at some level. Um, when he retired, I took his place and then I've kind of progressed from there. Mm. Uh, I really love the CRA. I think they're their goals are great. Their mission, you know, they do a lot for, for the smaller um, rental yards for sure. And I've yeah. been on the, um, I'm on the treasurer now. So I'm on the part of the exec team, which has been fun. Um, great. And you're, and, and I know one of the uh, things we're trying to do is with the peer groups is to try to ensure that all of our West coast operations are getting the benefit of CRA membership Um and, you know, obviously we believe in CRA and what you guys are doing in and serving your um, members so well. So um, hopefully we can continue that partnership and keep it moving uh, the right direction and looking forward to catching up with everybody in Vegas at some point, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's the plan at least, right? So we got to hope for the best. Yeah. So, so let's move on to the people management in All-Star Rent. So let's first talk about um, org structure. So We've got a CEO in place. Now, who, who, what's your core leadership team look like? 
So our leadership team consists of uh, myself, and then I have two district managers, one for the stores in the east and one for the stores in the west. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the, our core, you know, the core of our leadership there. And then I've got um, obviously office manager and um, office staff underneath that. We have an HR manager um, that handles all of the recruiting, onboarding, and that part. And then the mm-hmm. managers report directly to um, those two district managers. Got it. And so those district managers, you know, and I had known from the history when those positions f- first started five, six years ago in your company, they were focused almost specifically on asset and fleet. But now it, it, they do interact and to some extent review performance of branches. Yeah. So it's, it's, we've kind of had, you know, an evolution and we've tried different organizational structures with having a fleet manager or having the district managers be more in charge of the fleet. And it's kind of become a hybrid of that mm-hmm. as it's okay. evolved. Um, they're mainly overseeing the managers and, you know, doing performance reviews with them, kind of guiding them. Um, but then there's also the fleet aspect of it too. I'm very involved in fleet management as well, um, which kind of helps, I guess, balance out some of that with their day-to-day, you know, oversight of the managers too. Oh, that's great. So a lot of, a lot of, people working together to direct the ship. Um, but obviously you, you've got to have the vision on the top to make sure that, uh, there's a single point that people can move towards. Right. So that being said, let's talk, um, just about, um, the, some of the mechanisms inside your business for, uh, people management. How many, um, employees do you currently have? Do you know what the yeah, number is? We have about 95 employees right now. Wow. Get into that mile, that hundred milestone. Yeah, I mean, we kind of we <laughs> we get up there, but it's it hasn't quite broken a hundred yet. You know, going into March, yeah. it, it could well, possibly, but for those of us in business ownership, the the real number is fifty, right? So when you pass fifty, then you're yeah, <laughs> then yeah, you're, yeah. you're dealing with things you didn't deal with before then. So exactly, and it feels like um, over a hundred. Doing there's you know more rules and regulations, but yeah, we haven't quite true. broken that yet. Could be. So let, so org structure, we got it down. We see the org chart in our head. Um, now let's talk about, you know, getting the, the people in place on the you're right, right people on in the bus and the right yep, seats, right? right? Seats, yeah. So so you've got a um, first rule is you have a payroll system. I think you guys are using you said paylocity now? Yeah, paylocity. We did it mm-hmm. internally for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was becoming a challenge, you know, with more regulations. Um stricter labor laws and stuff it was we just needed an extra layer in there sure so a few years ago we switched to paylocity and it's it's been really good i mean it's a definitely an evolving system mm-hmm. um, i do appreciate that they're pretty dynamic compared to some of the bigger you know the larger um payroll systems mm-hmm. we're able to customize a lot of it we do our onboarding um through that system we can push a lot of information to our current employees through that system which gotcha. um, is like, you know, uh, handbook notifications and those kinds of things that you have a, a really good paper trail on. Did they see it? Did they review it? Um, oh, nice. You know, to kind of cover that basis for us. And and we're seeing that with the payroll companies, that if your payroll company is not making those types of offers to you, that's something to consider because yeah, uh, sure. certainly, I mean, my goodness, how great is that to when you consider if you do have a handbook, you are so much at risk if you do not manage that handbook and the changes to that handbook. And so that would be a great, great place to start when you're looking at payroll companies. So you mentioned onboarding. Let's take a step back from that recruiting. Well, how do you guys go about identifying and recruiting? Who does that type of work? Is it your HR manager? 
it's mainly between our HR manager and then um, our office manager, which is actually my sister-in-law is uh, mm-hmm. um, Laura DeVries. Um, she does a great job. Both her and the HR manager um, are pretty heavy in recruiting. We've, I mean, the California labor market, especially in the Bay area is incredibly tough. Um, we've done everything from Craigslist to job fairs to, um, you know, all the paid searches indeed and all the, you know, every different type you can imagine, you know, specific ones for trade schools and, um, driver, you know, programs. But the, the way, the main way we do it now is mainly through indeed. We do a lot of sponsored searches, Mm -hmm. but that's, it's worked out pretty well and we're pretty aggressive on it. That's great. And, and I know the challenge, uh, especially with unemployment or let's say underemployment happening right now, it's so hard to find people and get them interested. And obviously having 13 locations can be somewhat appealing. It gives, you, gives them a little bit of sense of career development, which I think we're going to talk about in a minute here. So, so you go through the process. Um, you, if it's somebody on a higher level, uh, a leadership role in the company, would you consider doing behavioral analysis or anything like that? What's your history with any of that? Yeah, we have done um, a lot of that in the past, especially with you know manager or district manager level. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had people trained in, in giving the Myers-Briggs tests. We've done disc evaluations. Um, not that you know they're the end-all, tell-all of a sure. person's personality, but they'll kind of give you a sense of how they'll fit. Um, and their aptitude for, you know, working with a, a pretty dynamic workforce like we have. That's great. And then for, you know, other roles in the company, you had mentioned in the past that you have like app, uh, in-house aptitude tests. We do. Over the years, we've created our own. We have like a general aptitude test, which is mm-hmm. fairly basic. Um, it kind of gives you an idea of a person's, you know, level of math, organization, um, kind of the things that you would want of like an inside sales type situation. Oh, yeah. Um, to just kind of give you a basis of where that person's at. And like I said, it's not a, um, there's nothing that really is a, a yes or no, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of where that person maybe need will need to be coached in the future or how they're going to fit in your team. Gotcha. Okay. Kind of a good indicator. So, so the moving from there to make, making the hire and onboarding, it sounds like, uh, Paylocity is is also now helpful with regard to onboarding. Um, so probably some of the uh, check the box activity that might happen, right, when you bring somebody into the company. Yeah, the way the way we do it, and I'm sure you know everybody has their own method. Is we funnel like once somebody wants to apply, we you know point them to the the link through Indeed, which actually feeds into Paylocity. They can enter all their information in there. It kind of streamlines. Okay, what it lets them know what the next process is. They don't they're not waiting for a manager to call them back or HR to call them back. They have their unique login, you know, the mm-hmm. day that they apply. Um, it can be a challenge, you know, based on our industry. Not everybody is super computer savvy, mm-hmm. but we do offer like if somebody comes into a branch and wants to apply, they can sit down at one of our, you know, one of our terminals there and they can apply right at that point. Oh, wow. Um, so That's interesting. you kind of have to, you know, it, some of these guys are still, you know, going with flip phones. So, you kind yeah. of be a little bit flexible on um, your method to get them into your system. Excellent. Well, those are good points. And so y- your onboarding and then your orientation, what's that like? So if I join and what's my 
30, 60, 90 day, do you do evaluation of performance or mentoring or anything like that? Yeah. So we have a pretty good um, structured program on day one is obviously orientation. We, our goal, um, it's not a perfect system, but is to have our HR manager meet every new employee the day they start, kind of go through an orientation on that particular branch, um, how things will work, you know, give them a benefits review, um, make them feel part of the team. We always have an onboarding um, package, you know, that's shirts, swag, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of deal, Mm -hmm. make them feel like they're part of the team. Um, so we have kind of a, like a rough outline of what their first week should look like. Um, we do a lot of training, obviously we have to, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as forklift certification, driver's training, aerial certification. Um, and that normally takes it's a, kind of a 30 day program. Some of those go outside of 30 days, Got but it. we also do a lot of, I mean, cause a lot of people that come to work for us aren't necessarily, you know, didn't grow up in the industry. So we're trying to teach them on. Um, familiarization with 1,100, you know, different types of equipment. Sure. It it takes a while, but we do a lot of training on kind of an overview of everything. And that's kind of, we call it our boot camp program. Oh, cool. Um, And that kind of is kind of that first 60 days of making them feel comfortable, making them feel like we're there for them. We have, you know, the training and we're going to spend the time on them. So, so does the human resource manager stay in touch with like the branch manager and, and uh, they keep like a, a grid that kind of shows that this person's pro- um, moving forward and, pro- and progressing. Yeah. I mean, we, we keep, uh, you know, pretty detailed spreadsheet on where they're at, what they're doing, what their next uh, training is supposed to be. Um, and then the managers are, that's, you know, part of their bonus program is actually based on completing huh. the trainings uh, with new hires. Oh, wow. So it's, that's it's great. Pushed pretty heavy. Yeah. So we'll definitely touch on, um, you know, the evaluation process and how you have accountability with um, the uh, management team. That's that sounds very unique, and we'll we'll look into that. So, if the point when um, th- when they come in, do they get a job description or like any kind of sheet that shows them here's their responsibilities for that t- title or whatever it might be? Yeah, for sure. We um, we use the key accountability. Um, program and I, oh, wow. I you know, came. I mean, we've had that for before I started even here, and it has you know pretty detailed expectations and a description of each position, whether it's an equipment attendant um, and the different levels that we have of that. You know, yard manager, inside sales, and it kind of oversees like what their responsibilities will be, mm-hmm. um, kind of who they'll report to, what our expectations are of that position. Um, to make it pretty, I mean, I, I like to be clear with, I mean, I think everybody does. You want to be clear with what, what you're expecting of that employee and, and where you see their path going. Does it give them um, like a squirk uh, or is it more like um, subjective than that? Um, it depends on the, on the position. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a review that the managers do with their employees twice a year. And then okay, I mean, wow. it kind of works up from that. Like our managers, then the district managers have ones once a quarter with the, the managers themselves. But it is it does have a, like a, a breakdown on you know ten percent of their job should be focused on this, twenty percent of their job should be focused on this, um, to kind of give them like an idea of where they should be focusing their time and what they're going to be you know held accountable for. So uh, that's that's very critical what you're bringing up there. So we find that that is not the norm in the industry right now and we would love it to be the norm and that would be to say hey there's a pie 
chart for everybody yeah. how much of the pie is a certain accountability versus another, right? So yeah. that works out. Yeah, and I mean, I even have that as CEO, you know, with oh, wow. what I report to the board on, you know, where my time should be spent, what's most important, like, in my position, and we have that for everybody in the company. That's excellent. I um, I just hired a marketing associate yesterday, and the title is marketing associate, but uh, I realized 50% of the accountability was lead generation. So I'm like, okay, maybe, I, maybe we have the wrong title here. But the good news is, her document that she received shows that 50% of her evaluation is going to be based on sales and not, not marketing. Yeah. So uh, it's so important to yeah. like make sure people understand that. That's great. No, it's good to hear. And then you had mentioned uh, just a moment ago about, um, you know, part of how you hold your branch manager accountable is you, they have to have success with their new hires, right? Yeah. So What's that look like? How do you guys communicate on on that? And do you have like a history of certain people being better at it than others where <laughs> they oh, just have the, your turn and burn? You got people coming and co- going out after, you know, 30 days. Yeah, for I mean, for sure definitely there's, you know, managers that training is their strong point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see it in, you know, their reviews and then their employees reviews. Um what about um what about your district managers overseeing your managers? With regard to their reviews of them or? Yeah, yeah. Like, so from an accountability standpoint, um, that has to do with probably to some extent performance, right? So, yeah. Perf- financial so performance, yeah. Fr- correct. Financial performance. So how, we, how we do it. I mean, just them completing their, so the managers completing their employees training is, is built, I mean, built into, you know, our overall um, compensation package for mm-hmm. the manager, but it's only okay, 10%. So how we do oh, it okay. is 50% of their um, bonus compensation is based on purely financial performance. Mm. So just EBITDA, total revenue, um, based off those numbers. And then beyond that, we go on to, um, sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but there's five other key parts, which is training, um, equipment maintenance, um, safety pays program or our safety first program is our, our safety protocols. Oh, wow. Um, so there's a lot of, and then there's, you know, ones on preventable loss. So there's other factors that wow. go into it. So the training is, it's a 10th of, or it's 10% of their, um, their overall bonus compensation. So it's, 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 it's vital for them. I mean, that you would think that that would be enough that, you know, would give them the incentive to make sure, you know, that their guys are getting trained adequately. No, that's out. That's outstanding. And you know, along those lines, so you, you, it seems like there's a lot of motivation to be successful, right? It's not just about, you know, opening the doors and closing the doors at five p.m. Um, yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot that goes on between that, and uh, it would seem to me, if you're a branch manager at All Star Rents, that you need to always be focused on improvement, right? So yeah. that sounds like a, a pretty big deal. So along those lines, do you guys have any kind of philosophy uh, as to, um, it sounds like you do give bonuses. So my question was, um, do you, you do consider variable compensation like bonuses to be pretty important? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Great. Cause that's, um, you know, I know that part of it philosophically is to say, okay, you know, we, we want to give people a healthy wage and a healthy base, but we also want a portion of their compensation to be variable to make sure that everybody's 
shooting on all cylinders and moving the right direction, right? Learning from each other and all that. Yeah. Now, right. along for, now learning from each other. So let's pause on that there. Obviously, I'm a peer group guy. I believe in learn, learning from each other. Do you ever have any kind of your own peer groups where you get branch managers together and they talk about uh, their pain points and what keeps them up at night or any of that? Yeah, we do. So we um, adopted the EOS system. Oh, get out. Okay. Yeah. So we, we do, I mean, we kind of, it's evolved, you know, into its own kind of thing, but we still use the traction tools and mm-hmm. the leadership team. We hold our, you know, meetings weekly. And then the managers with their district manager, um, they hold them once a month mm. in a similar fashion. So it's a time for them to get together, address, you know, their, their district issues, uh, so to speak. And then we also have, you know, our, um, our regular manager meetings twice a year, which is a time for all of the managers, myself included, um, normally involves our office manager and then the DMs and stuff to kind of all get in the same room. And that's, you know, we cover some topics, um, but a lot of it's, you know, roundtable discussion on what's pressing, what their needs are, um, where they see their, you know, their particular markets going and a lot of feedback on where we, what we're doing and where we should be going. Excellent. So, you know, our, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but uh, um, we adopted Traction as kind of a, a book club approach a couple of years ago. So a lot of our members currently are using um, EOS implement. I'm, our company itself, we do L10s and we do EOS implementation. Yeah. I think um, that's where we got it from actually was from um, get out. your guys. Okay, yeah. So. Yeah, we do the L tens and everything. Yeah. See that show, that tells you how old I am because it's <laughs> it's like it was so many years ago. Wow, but um, we've actually um, this year we created a uh, peer group book club, and so um, we have an EOS traction consultant who runs uh, sessions uh, on different uh, portions of the book. Yeah. So it's it's a neat one, but um, very cool. So you're so you've actually evolved that quite a bit because you've had it for a couple years. And now it's become your thing. So number one, you would probably say, and and correct me if I'm wrong, being able to create your priorities for a quarter for a 90 day period. That's your, one of your big takeaways, I guess. Yes. Yeah. We definitely set rocks. And I mean, it's it's more, I feel at the leadership level, we're definitely EOS pure. I mean, you know what that means. It's kind of getting that down to the branch level is where we get a little more um, flexible on, on our interpretation of it. Um, but we're very pure at the at the leadership level with setting rocks and, um, you know, pushing things to VTO and making sure that we, we're prioritizing, you know, what our three, five, and 10-year plans are. Ec- um, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Th- throwing out the nomenclature, VTO, everybody, <laughs> look that up. You have to Google it to find it. So it's part of the traction book. Um, I'm doing a uh, – I facilitate – I'm at my – 14th month of um, implementing traction in a three-store equipment rental operation on the East Coast. And, um, you know, they got the L10 down to the store level and they call it the L5. And I'm like, I don't know if you want to call it the L5 because that means it was a five on a scale of one to 10. (laughs) You know, I think they did that because they knew they weren't going to do 90 minutes. So they uh, half the time or something. But uh, very cool. Okay, excellent. And then um, from your perspective, what are you up to these days? Are you getting out? And part, obviously you participate in the CRA board. Um, are you doing any training and development, reading books? What are you up to? Anything at all? Um, 
personally, yeah, I, I, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I read a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a member of a lot of those um, management books where they send you, you know, one a month and stuff. And oh, wow. Okay, are, now I'm uh, jealous. <laughs> I need to find people, that. I can't remember the, I'll have to send you Look up the yeah, if, if you can hook me up, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, it's a really good program. I mean, it's kind of different, you know, topics that relate to, you know, top level leadership and um, challenges of leading a team and all that kind of stuff. It's really good. So, so not my new book now is The Ultimate Sales Machine because we had so many people in the peer group network start to evolve their outside sales. Yeah, we're always thing. on that. Yeah. Do, do you guys have outside sales stuff? We do. Yeah, I've got um, about four now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. And we'll that's, have that's to a very challenging, you know, different group to manage as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did, uh, you might have seen, we did a virtual roundtable on outside sales, and I was nervous slash excited to yeah. run. It was a three-hour session, wow. and we were expecting the outside sales guys to stay on the Zoom for three hours. And it's like, these are the type of guys that do not do zoom for three hours. <laughs> true. <laughs> so, but, but it's been enjoyable. And our, our leader, our leader groups now have brought in outside sales directors and key outside salespeople. So we're seeing a lot of different people inside the peer group makeup. So this is going to be, I think uh, I'm reading the book because I want to be ahead of the curve on this. And I really feel like the next couple of years, Equipment rental operations are going to learn that they are not a a store as much as they are a business, and they need to go out and chase that work, you know, sure, yeah. to get the same kind of growth. So, so you guys have had some good growth the last few years. Um, what's your What's the future look like for All Star Rents? What are you guys up to? Um. Well, you know, it's uh, being having my you know financial background. I'm a little conservative on where everything's going the next couple of years. Got it. Okay. Um, so we're really, I'm really looking just to strengthen the kind of the footprint we have mm -hmm. um, and just being more effective and more efficient um, going forward, you know, taking, taking the time to focus on, you know, the, the base, the backbone of our business, you know, people and equipment. Sure. And just making that stronger and seeing how the changes to, um, kind of the industry and the economy are going, you know, it's going to be more, whether it's more home deliveries or more job site, you know, kind of moving towards that more, um, you know, Amazon style and how that's going to work. Yeah. Or our, you know, for our industry, which is not, not as easy. Um, so those are kind of things I'm just watching for and trying to be ready to respond to that, you know, the changing needs. Well, and again, you guys have evolved into quite a systems-driven business. Um, you guys manage by the numbers, you manage by the systems, and certainly uh, your one of your biggest strengths is your people systems. And uh, we appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us on Peer Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. That was great. Take care, Catherine. Thanks. Thanks you too. Mechanics Construction Products is a proud sponsor of Peer Talk and PEG. Mechanix designs and develops equipment specifically for inefficiencies within the rental industry. Our products deliver high value ROI as well as innovative operational solutions for your business. We're here to help you get the job done faster, safer and easier. Email us at info at for your exclusive PEG specials. And remember, it's spelled M-A-K-I-N-E-X.
been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Group, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.